0: Hey guys, just before we get into the episode today, we really just want to point you in the direction of our studies and devotionals. Uh, our teaching team has put time and effort to um, opening up the scriptures, opening up God's word to recalibrate our hearts Back to Him. So go check out the link in our bio and Instagram. Um, Go to the UVersion app, you type in recalibration, uh, and you'll find the studies there. You'll also find devotionals, and we just pray that it'll be a blessing to you and your spirit as you recalibrate your heart back to Jesus. Welcome to Generation Podcast, where we have real conversations about how God is working through this. Generation. My name's Josh Mann, and joining me today, as always, is Samuel Haywood. What's up? How are you, mate? Fantastic. And for the first time in the studio, we have Tian Trenta. Hey team. How are you? How are you? I'm really
1: well. Really no, just so thankful, thankful to, be to be here.
0: Oh, it's the first married couple in the oh, studio oh. together. Wow. Huge. wow. Is that
1: true? Wow.
0: Yes. Very true. There hasn't been a married couple in the studio wow. thus far. How do you feel about that, Ben? Good. Are you intimidated that your wife is here?
2: Oh, heaps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking about the idea of worship and trying to really articulate what that what it means in our life, what it means from the Word of God, and hopefully we're going to be able to recalibrate our life back to a life of worship. But before we get into it, we should get to know TK a little better. Her name is Tian Tranta, but she goes by TK. It's very confusing. Why mm-hmm. TK?
1: Well, before I was a tranter, my initials were TK. Nice. Tian Klein. Are you having
2: for a more interesting story? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I knew I the answer. <laughs> <something up. laughs> also true. I knew the answer. The listeners may not.
1: I could make something up, but that is the truth. TK <laughs> yeah. got married, still TK. Not nice. sure how Ben feels about that. but Totally fine.
0: Yeah. TT just doesn't roll off the mm, tongue. No. It certainly does not roll no, off the tongue. No, um, So, TK, what do you do midweek? What's your-, what's your-
1: Midweek? It's like Wednesdays. Wednesdays Wednesdays (laughs) Um, No, from Monday to Friday, um, I am a PE teacher, world's best job.
0: Nice, it is. Ain't it right, Josh? Nice.
1: Um, Yeah, so PE teacher at a school in Western Sydney. Nice. um, Looking after high school students and just getting paid to play dodgeball, basically. Yeah, so true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So true.
0: Just just quickly, do you play (laughs) dodgeball with... Um, like in a hall with like yeah, basketball ab- hoops. Absolutely. And if they get it in the hoop, <gasps> automatic win.
1: Absolutely. Do you what? play the backboard rule? Backboard, everyone's back in. Yes.
0: But if it, if it hits the backboard and someone catches
1: it. They're out.
0: Yeah, good. Thank that you. Yeah. That's <laughs> so fun. I want to do that right anyway, now. If yep. any PE teachers play at home, they should be the rules of dodgeball no exceptions. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to get into the content because enough about dodgeball, even though it is the greatest PE game of all time. Correct. Um, we're going to talk about worship, as I briefly said at the start, um, and it's something that I think there's a huge misconception when mm. we think about the word worship or the concept of worship. So, Sammy, do you want to give us like a brief introduction as to how you define what worship is?
3: Great question, Josh, man. Thank you. Firstly, I think we should talk about why this is important right now. Nice. You know, because yeah. – um, Sorry. You're the host now. (laughs) And I'm now the host. No, I think it's important to talk about what worship is right now because uh, our rhythms of church life have just been taken away from us. And I think as I've spoken to people about um, how they're doing in this season, one of the things that people have said to me is that they miss worship. Mm. You know, they miss – and what they mean by that is they miss singing in church. Yeah. And – I think this is such an important moment to have the conversation about what is worship. Yeah. Um, and so I think what I'm excited about doing in this podcast is actually really having a, a helpful new framework for what it means to worship Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Um, because worship of Jesus can be done anywhere at any time and it, it doesn't exist in the bounds of of church buildings. Um, and I think a lot of people have really um, missed worship of Jesus because... Their rhythms have been taken away, so I think this is really important conversation. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what worship worship is, to me, it's it's kind of complicated to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I think it's connected to the word worth. So this is how I think about it: is when you're ascribing worth to something, um, you're worshiping it, and something that you worship is giving giving up your time your talent your treasure in order to value something um and i think when when you're worshiping a person you're it's it's almost it's so hard to describe but it's almost saying this person is amazing and they're so amazing that i'm willing to tell them they're amazing i'm willing to tell other people that they're amazing i'm willing to sacrifice my time in order to be with them. I'm willing to sacrifice my money hmm. to please them. I'm willing to sacrifice a lot of aspects of my life in order to be with them and to tell everyone how yeah. amazing they are. But we can apply that to anything. Yeah. We can apply that to sport, a job, yeah. our finances, our car. You can worship football. You can worship the car brand that you drive. You can worship your spouse. You can worship your children. You can worship. Anything and everything. So in essence, it's just ascribing worth to something. Yeah. And let me put it this way in a nutshell. The thing that you are willing to sacrifice anything in your life for is your God. Because Mm. you're worshipping that thing. Yeah. Do you think people always worship
0: that we're worshipping something? Yeah. Can you just live your life not worshipping anything?
3: I don't think so. Yeah. Because I think worship is... Worship is about um, values, yeah, and it's and it's also about faith. Um, so, yeah, I mean, some people are very fanatical in their worship, and other people are not so fanatical. But um, yeah, I think everybody worships something. Every everyone puts their hope in something to bring them peace and joy and and hope. Yeah,
0: yeah. So if if worship is just you know giving something worth, and you're living your life in honour or in worship of that thing, why do you think um, we automatically as Christians, when we hear the word worship, we just jump straight to singing in church? Maybe take I'll throw mm. to you. Why, why do you mm. think Christians just automatically think singing?
1: Yeah, I think um- – I think Sam has nailed it there, talking about what happens in our, what what's what's going on in our heart, what is the thing that go that that we value most in our heart? Um, but I think what happens after that is often where the confusion comes in. I think christians love love to not just Christians, humans love to um, love things that they can see and things that they can touch, things mm. that we can yeah. articulate, yeah and I think what worship really is 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 going on inside of me. But because of what's going on inside of me, it overflows into something um, for us in the church. It's yes. singing most yeah, commonly. Cool. Um, and people can articulate that. And pe- that's a tangible thing for people. So I think what um, worship really is, is on the inside, but it manifests itself in a way that people can describe and explain, yeah. which is why I think we've often just, and I don't think the language we use in, in church and, um, you know, h- helps. We, we, we're going to spend time in worship now. Yeah. Um, as if everything else in the service is not worship. Yeah. Um, that kind of language, I think, has contributed to why we call it that. Mm. Um, things like having a worship leader or yeah. a worship pastor or a worship minister, yeah. those things, whilst they're true and great, um, yeah. have meant that we just say, we think that singing is, is the only form yeah. of worship. Exactly. Well, that's what worship is.
0: Exactly. And- You had some time as a worship pastor, a little bit here at St. Paul's Castle Hill. Um, How did you sort of, what was your mentality and what was your thing, but your, um, the way you went about leading the church to worship? Yeah. Like, what was, what things were you trying to, you know, juggle in doing that?
1: Yeah. I read once about um, the way that we see being a worship leader or where being a worship pastor, I think a lot of people, and I think this can be the, I don't know whether it's the deception of the enemy or just misconceptions about how, you know, how we approach worship. But often it's pictured as as a, um, it's almost like we're standing on the top of a ladder helping people up to a place of worship, when really what a worship leader or a worship pastor is, is meant to do is be a signpost to people to say, come this way. Yes. Um, you never, if you know, you see a sign pointing you in the direction you're going, you don't stop at the sign and you know, you've reached your destination, you 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 follow the direction of that post to your destination and I think as a worship leader um, or as a worship pastor or someone whose responsibility is to lead people in worship, I think um, that mentality is is really helpful and that's how I tried to approach yeah. leading in that way is, is to be a signpost to point people in the direction of worship. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that helped me.
0: Definitely. And I think I'm going to just take some time to say, that is 100% just you like that i'm just going to take some time to encourage you because the way that you lead worship in a congregation is exactly that you point people to christ you point people to the glory of god and yes you're an amazing singer yes you're amazing um you know articulate you articulate the bible really well but more than that you just point as you said you are you are a signpost to what god and what god has given us so i just say thank you for your your work here at st paul's Thanks, um gosh. but also the not number of people that you've impacted because of your giftings. Um, so I just want to take some time to say thank you for that.
1: Thanks, Josh.
0: Um, but i just want to go on the back of that. As a worship pastor, your main role was Sunday services. Is that correct? Mm, yeah. So why why do you think we ascribe? Does this just does it help breed this mentality that worship is only on a Sunday? Do you think if our worship pastor is just in control of Sundays?
1: I think I think it contributes definitely. Mm. I definitely I think um, you know I think there's a reason why Christians and and people in general are so drawn to singing and so drawn to gathering, um, and and all parts of the service, but but namely the singing. I think that is is where the question came from. But um, I think it's because um, because there is a part of us that wants to. A lot of us as humans are driven by emotion and yeah. we're very emotionally driven. Um, and I think one of the beautiful parts of the gift of music and the gift of worship and the gift of even the gift of gathering to sing together on a Sunday um, is that um, our emotions are involved. Um, and our um, it, it's it's not that we are emotionally driven, but I think that's that's a huge part of it, which is why Christians are so drawn to it. And it's so easy for it to become about that. Yeah. Um, and we're encouraged when we meet together and we're encouraged when we yeah. pray together. And those things, bec- we can start to find ourselves becoming reliant on those things. Yeah. So I think um, i kind of answered this question in a very roundabout way, but I think that's what we're so drawn to. And, and part of that is the worship pastor just fo- focusing on a Sunday service gathering. Yeah. Just subconsciously it's become our definition exactly. of worship. I think yeah. during
0: this time, this time in history and this moment in, yeah. in COVID right now, it's become evident that, you know, even myself and a -hmm. lot of people in church were reliant on that for our worship. Um, And so Sammy, as a pastor,
2: Mm.
0: how do you see this playing out right now? The idea that we sort of worship is synonymous with a
3: Sunday. Mm. So right now this is a, that's a problem. Yeah, no, it is a problem. I think people are running into that problem right now. And I think, you know, everything that Tian has said is so, so on point and so helpful. And I think, you know, Tian as someone who's been thinking about this concept for so many years it's really apparent that you're you're so grounded in what in who Jesus is and what and how worship is an expression of honor and praise towards a real person which is Jesus and I think um I think that's one of the things that we have to get back to in this in this season is um you know it's so easy to sing a song and not connect with Jesus mm. it's so easy to to sing an amazing song that you've sung a thousand times and forget that it's a sacrifice of praise. That's purpose is for you to articulate to Jesus, how incredible he is yes. and how much, how worthy he is and how much honor is is due to him and thank him for the amazing things that he's done in your life or even prayerfully mourn the difficulty of your life, it is presence. And I think that's the thing that can happen outside the bounds of a Sunday service. Mm. I think it's when you remember like particularly singing, it's a very raw version of, of worship. And so I think that's why song lyrics are so important. You know, like if we think about, um, Mm. if all of our life is supposed to be worship and it's, and all of our life is a sacrifice, to Jesus, which ascribes him worth and ascribes him honor. And I think what's really powerful about music is that's the content of our lyrics, right? Mm. So if you think about if my life is a sacrifice to Jesus and I'm surrendering everything to him, there are moments on Sundays where we come together with with everybody else and we sing, I surrender all, right? So it's, you're articulating what you've been doing. Mm. And how how worth it it is to surrender everything. And there is power Jesus. doing that together as well. Yeah, because you are reminding each other, "I surrender everything to Jesus." Mm. And maybe there was something in your life that you didn't surrender to Jesus. And so, for some people, you are going to be singing that out of repentance, going, "You know mm. what? Stake in the ground. I surrender yeah. mm. everything." So, do you think Sunday
0: is a time to recalibrate for the week ahead in worship?
3: Um. In, in some ways, yes. I think the corporate nature of Sundays is really important. Yes. And I think, but for so many Christians, that's all they have. Like the only time they sing worship to Jesus is on a Sunday. And um, I think when you really begin to have a, a depth in your relationship with Jesus, your car trips when you're by yourself become some of the most mm. incredible moments of of praise and worship that mm. you have with God. And um, I think that's the thing that we need to recapture in this moment is like singing is so powerful because it's probably the rawest articulation Mm. of your worship of Jesus um, that you have. And we have to continually articulate to ourselves and to Jesus what's going on in our life. You know, however, I think the thing that we miss is if our life doesn't match the things that we're saying, it's empty praise You know, it's God says, you worship me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me and all of that stuff. So I think one of the things that uh, you asked, you know, as a pastor, how do I deal with this in this season? I think it's actually saying to people, your whole life needs to be worship, and the moments where your life is worship and that connects with what your lips are doing, when your heart and your lips are in alignment, that's when the Lord is really. Pleased.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Guess it. Was it from Life Is A Highway? Cars. Oh, you got Whoa. it! I'm stunned you got that. Is that because your nephew likes it? Uh, no, it's because H- Harris Farm. You know? I, I went on a both sco- of our brother-in-law <laughs> <laughs> went on school it? camp
0: once, and this is the song that the kids were singing the whole time. Every bus trip, they put this on, so that's how I remember it.
2: Great flick Yeah There you go Okay so we're gonna play Round two of the game um, Tian do you know What you're doing Nope Okay so I'm gonna Give you an Instagram account You have to tell me How many followers they have Great um, Closest I'm without just... going over
1: I'm gonna be terrible at this
2: Yeah I <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so Tell us what you really she think She's not interested. No, so I, I don't know things So I'll be but I, who, who, You won last week No I, you won Who won last week Josh uh, Me the same. I think I'll, i would yeah, remember. Yeah I'm pretty sure won. you won Yeah Okay Alright We're going to start off with a large one. I love this one. You ready? So it's a large number? A little bit more. Yeah. Okay. Keep it under. Keep it under. (laughs) Before you get sued, you get (laughs) sued. Maybe take it off then. (laughs) (laughs) Future Megan. Sort it out. Uh, Okay. We're going to kick off with Oprah. How many Instagram followers does Oprah have?
1: She's on on Instagram. Yeah.
2: Oprah on Instagram. The big O. O on I. Joshy. The big
0: O has got... 178 million.
2: 178 million. Um, 1.1 1. 1
1: million.
2: Okay, you've gone 100 and what? 178 million. And you've gone 1.1 1. 1 million. This is, okay. I feel like no matter what I say, is there's it, 200, as as it's
0: between isn't there those like 250
2: million people in the States?
1: I completely based my answer off Josh's.
3: No, um, because you saw my eyes when Josh (laughs) I saw your eyes go, whoa, that's a big number. 178
0: million.
1: The Kardashians
3: have like. So I just have to get over Tian. As long as Josh is over, I've won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, True. I'm going to go 80 million.
2: Tian (laughs) wins. It's 19.3 million. 19. (laughs) Yeah. Closest without going over. You went over.
1: Imagine missing by eight. Was it, is that 18 million? You're <laughs> <laughs> still winning.
2: I
3: missed by, I missed uh, you by have, 160 you have really million. That up. If I, was I, 100, honestly I would have just said up. 2 million. Because my OG answer was 23 million. Yeah, but. You still would have been wrong. I would have been
2: over, hey. Yeah, I still, I would have just said 2 million.
3: That's because. Because Josh, is.
2: That was outrageous. Well, there's. <sighs> moving on. The brilliant. Instagram account of. Sam the Australian face. government. Osgov. Oh, one thousand. <laughs> the official Instagram account of the Australian government to share information in response to that. Anyway.
3: Sam. Okay, I'm gonna go for six thousand. Six thousand? Mm-hmm. Tian.
1: Am I allowed to ask questions? No. no. Oh. I don't even know how many people are in Australia to be honest.
3: Twenty five 20 million? million? Twenty-five, million. Okay. X-tion. Someone What'd you say, Sam? I said six thousand.
1: Oh, yeah, it's not gonna be many. Osgov, it's a verified say. account. Yeah, I don't think it's Ooh, going to be many. Verified. I'm going to, I'm going to mm. go with um, eleven thousand.
2: Yep. Um,
0: twenty six thousand.
2: One hundred twenty eight thousand.
1: Come, oh. come on!
0: Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! It's quite we're doing
1: better than I thought we were. Yes. Yeah.
0: All right. I'm doing. So is this the,
2: is this the decider?
1: Who runs that? Who runs t- that? T- one,
2: one, one one 0 So if I have to get this, well, it, I have. I have a. This is a decider, but unless Sam gets this, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Come on. Are you ready? Who's yep. going first this time? Tiana, go Tion, first. Yeah. Tion, Josh, oh, no. Sam, Cristiano Ronaldo. I can't. Oh. Can anyone roll their eyes? Sam, do you know who Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> is? He's a football player, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Soccer. Sports. Soccer. Sports.
1: How many did Oprah Soccer. have again?
2: She had nineteen point three million. How many does Cristiano Ronaldo have?
1: Okay. In my head, I'm like on a Ooh, scale. Should I give you a hint? No. On a, on a no. scale? No, no, of it's in
2: all of you. It's a.
1: Go.
3: No, 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 no. It's no, it's.
1: Put it on the record that I was for the hint. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, where does Tell Cristiano Ronaldo sit between the Australian government and Oprah? <laughs> um, Oprah's a big deal. I think he's probably one of the biggest.
3: On IG. On IG. And
1: I would say he'd have more than about. Oprah. How many did Oprah have?
2: 19 million.
0: Now you're just padding out to think of I don't number. like Paris, this because yeah. you're
3: thinking what um, I'm thinking.
1: 28 million. Oh.
0: Nah, he's got more than that. He's okay. got more than that. Well we're about to find out. Yeah, no. Twenty
2: eight million from Tian. Twenty eight million. Josh. He's he's
0: a big deal. He's a big deal. Um he has got he's got eighty seven million followers. He's got eighty seven million followers. So Tian, what did followers. you say?
1: Twenty I said eighty eight million.
0: No, he didn't. Tian said, didn't. I said twenty
1: eight million. Twenty eight million? Yeah.
2: Eighty eight million. Eighty eight. What did I say? Eighty eight? Thirty million. You said Thirty million. Josh wins. Thank you. Cristiano Shut Ronaldo up. is the most followed person on Instagram. What? with Two hundred and thirty-seven million followers. That's ridiculous. Wow. So you're all way off. Wasn't? That's a lot. Yeah. That it's a lot. It's quarter of a billion. Two hundred. Other than the Instagram account, which has three hundred something sixty. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Unbelievable. Who yeah. do you think is the that's
3: most famous person on Earth right now? Well, going off that, Cristiano Ronaldo. No way. But that's just on Instagram. I Everyone knows Cristiano Ronaldo. I thought Kim Kardashian was the most
0: followed. She's not. I googled it before.
1: He's Josh is fact checking right now.
0: Ha, what was Cristiano Ronaldo? Two thirty-seven. Wow. Kim Kardashian is only one eighty-six million. Yeah, it's peasant. Week. How, how many followers count. do you have, Ben? Are you kidding? What anyway, Benjamin you know, do you like? Benjamin S. Trana, Give it a follow. Uh, yeah. No.
2: Bonus <laughs> point.
1: Okay. Fine. Here we go. I'll guess. Okay. I know how. I think I know how many I have. That's good. <laughs> and I,
2: uh, how many just, do you have? Cool. I'm
1: just trying to relate. Probably more
0: than all of us. <laughs> okay, by yeah, yeah, massive shot. flex. You're better than us. Yeah. Go on, go on. I think I know how many I, I reckon ben has, No,
1: but I think also Ben is... Oh, you're in public though. Who's no. the most
0: famous person in this room? Tia.
2: Tia. <laughs> by,
1: hey. by a long shot. <laughs> no chance. Um, I reckon, Ben, you've got... Um,
2: Josh, are you looking? Stop yeah. looking. Have oh, oh, me. You're, you're, you're like supposed the, to
1: guess. You're like <laughs> the the camera guy. game's over.
2: I've won. No, this
1: 814.
2: No. Sam. 640. Did you just guess that? Yeah. I was
0: 639. Oh, I, maybe I was about to guess. Maybe I'll get
2: one more follower from this one. Wow. <laughs> Sam would be right. Where does Tiana uh, Lots. <laughs> She's on private anyway, so don't follow her.
1: <laughs> you could try it. Yeah.
2: Wait, wait. Turn your computer on silent next time. Bye. <laughs>
0: What we're trying to say is worship is more than just singing. We need to broaden the definition of that. Mm-hmm. And so, very, very quickly, I don't. Know, both of you can answer. What what other things would be classified as worship, or are they more than just actions? Is it like a whole body thing? Like what if we just automatically think worship is singing? What else is it then?
1: Hmm. I think um, John Piper actually has a lot to say on this. Yeah. Um, on, on the on the theme of worship so has- stop
0: listening to us and go listen to yeah John Piper. <laughs> yes
1: uh, absolutely and he's, he speaks of on hebrews 13 um it says let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to god that is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name but do not neglect to do good and share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to god so he breaks it down into two things worship being the acts of the mouth so that's the things we typically think about when we're thinking about worship um, gathering on a Sunday, singing songs. Every, I, th- I think all of our small gatherings are, are acts of the mouth. Mm. Um, repentance, I think, is an act of worship. Yeah. But then on the other side of that, or it, he says, do not d- neglect to do good. In the same breath, he's saying these things. Um, and, and Piper points out that it's not just the acts of our mouth, but it's the acts of our hands and our feet, the body. Yes. So anything that shows love, um, anything that... Um, Anything that's a sacrifice for the good of others, for the sake of Christ, I think mm. is an act of worship. So that can be with your money, that can be with your time, just just helping people. Yeah. Um, anything that is done um, to out of sacrifice for the good of other people, I yeah. think is an act of worship, which, which can be um, almost anything yeah. done for the sake of Christ. Yeah. Mm.
0: I, ge- I guess that's why we read in Romans 12 mm-hmm. to offer your life as a living sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Because if, if yeah. your whole life is pleasing is lived to please God, then your whole life is worship. Yeah. Um, and what TK said, it was like, that was perfect. Nailed it there with that. It's not just what you do. It's not just what you say. It, it's literally everything. Yeah. Um, and that's what we got to remember. we got to remember when we're, when we're speaking about worship, it is, it's almost like a heart posture mm. where you think you're you're living your life as a living sacrifice, as Romans 12 says, but anything you do that pleases God, anything you do that, you know, builds his kingdom mm. is an act of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got to stop thinking about it as it's just singing. Mm. Mm. That is an amazing part of it and we love that and it's corporate and we get to share it with our brothers and sisters in Christ, but there's more to life, no more to worship than just singing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we worship because cause he is greater. And that's why we want to live as a living sacrifice because we want to acknowledge that he is greater. Mm-hmm. And so that is sort of the basis of, of what we're talking about today. And that's what we want to just start off with, that worship is more than just singing. It's it's a heart posture. It's, it's the way we live our life. And we do that because he is greater. Mm. But right now I just want to think about, well, if that's what worship is, what are some things that society does does or that the church can get into that sort of um, detracts from this true and proper uh, definition of worship. And I've written down mm-hmm. here, this whole idea of divided worship, only worshiping
3: on a Sunday. Sammy, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, man. I think this is um, always been a problem in the church, which is why I think Paul wrote that in, in Romans, you know, where he says offer your body as a living sacrifice which is holy and this is holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And you can't compartmentalize that. You can't. You can't just do that on Sunday. And I think that, um, that we. It's it's really easy to worship God with your lips. It's really easy. It's really easy to just flap your mouth with everybody else <laughs> <laughs> and like and declare truths about, okay, let's go back to this whole thing. Like I surrender all, you know, amazing worship song. Um, That's a big claim, right? Like that's a big claim to say to God, to declare to God, I surrender all. Now, do you like, do you, do you surrender everything to Jesus outside of you singing that song? Are you talking to God about that? Are you saying, you know what, God, I'm, I'm willing to give you every, every part of my life. I'm willing to give you my money. I'm willing to give you my work. I'm willing to give you my relationships. And I think that's hard. Mm. That's why it's a sacrifice. That's why it's a living sacrifice. And I think when we begin to get this picture of Jesus is worth it though, Mm. Jesus is so good and he's so worthy of everything that I have. Like I couldn't possibly give Jesus enough, you know, because he's so worth it. And I think when you, when you get this intimacy with him and this picture of how, how good he is to me, you know, like Jesus Hmm. is the kindest person I've ever met in my life. Hmm. He is so kind and he is so patient with me and he is so generous and he is so present and he's so consistent and he blesses me so much and he answers prayers that I haven't even had the courage to or energy to pray for. And, and he, he's saved me from so many difficult things and he's given me life. He's, you know, and it's like, I I want to give Jesus my life. Yeah, And I think trying to worship Jesus without that real love for him is so hard and you can't, truly worship jesus unless it's driven by love and i think that's what's missing and i i don't want to ever say to the church like you know your your worship is inconsistent therefore just do better because that's just religion yeah you know like you have to get an image of how much jesus is worth and how much he's done for you and then you you will want to give him your life Hmm. as an act of as a sacrifice. And I think the interesting thing about the image of a living sacrifice is it's like the interesting thing about a living sacrifice is it constantly wants to crawl off the altar. You know, it's, and we constantly want to crawl off our life being a sacrifice Mm. to Jesus. We constantly want to spend our money on ourselves and not be generous. We constantly want to hang out with people that just are fun. And not sacrifice that in order to help someone that's never going to be pay us back. You know, we constantly want to sleep in on Sundays and not go and be a blessing to the people of God. You know, it, it costs you something yep. to to worship Jesus, um, but when you get the image that it cost Jesus His life to have me, yeah, that's when you start to worship Him with everything. Exactly, and it shouldn't just be on a Sunday. It can't.
0: It can't be. Like it that's can't. not you're not worshiping if you're only doing it on a Sunday. Yeah. And so TK, as a as someone who, you know, for want of a better term, curated a Sunday service, um, how hard is it then to, you know, as Sam said, we sing these lyrics, but then sometimes do we actually mean that? Mm. As someone who leads worship or leads praise and, and singing at the front, um, how how hard is that? Yeah. To sing these songs and sometimes maybe personally, you're struggling
1: hmm mm. I think um I think that it's 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 very hard. I think this is often used as a reason why people don't engage in this kind of worship, um, in corporate worship I'm talking about, um, is because they feel hypocritical or they feel ill equipped to sing what it is is that the, the words are sing to mm. sing the words I surrender all yeah. is quite difficult when you know for a fact that your life doesn't live up to it. Um but the reality is is that we are never going to be able to live up to that. True. And I think if we get into that mindset where um, our, our worship becomes dependent on my ability to live up to what I am singing, then we're all worshipping the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so if our we? we are in serious trouble if our worship is based on anything other than the finished work of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the second we start to think, you know what, I can't engage in this because I suck – <laughs> um. Then, at least you're aware that you you know. Yeah. I think the 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 best re, the best place that maybe not the best. I think a really important starting point for our worship needs to be a realization that we are worse than we think we are. Yes. But God is better than we know Him to be. Oh. Um. And. I think you can't actually. We still we still think about worshipers, You know, I can't sing these songs. I can't do these things. Mm. That still should be the um, the result of what's happening in my heart. Yeah. I think if you are, if you, we talk about worship and the what's coming, what what my, what my words are saying, if that really is an overflow, um, you can't actually be overflowing unless that your well is full. Yeah. Unless your vessel is is full. Um, of gratefulness for what Jesus has done, yeah. of an awareness of how bad, of of how sinful we are, and how f- how far we fall short, mm. um, and out of a knowledge of a, a true understanding of what God has done for us, then our worship can't be anything else other than, um, other than worship. Really, yeah, I exactly. think if 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 we are trying to worship on an empty well, um, then it's not really worship.
0: Yeah, mm. um, I think what you said there was was really important in when you were saying that. The posture of "I can't sing these words because I'm not good enough." Yeah. Mm. Um, I almost think that posture is is better than someone seeing the words thinking they are good enough. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. It, and obviously, we want someone to we want we want to be able to sing the words or, or to to live a life of worship, even though they think they're under, you know, they they're not worth it. Mm. Mm. But with the heart posture of, yes, I'm sinful, yeah. but Jesus is greater, yeah. mm. but God is greater. And that that is a better posture to be in mm. than what I call like a facade of worship mm. where you're worshiping, but it's almost like a performance. Mm. Um, so I think in my mind, and, and feel free to speak up, that the posture of I'm not good enough, but I still will worship is better than I am good enough and I'm going to sing and show people how good I am. Yeah. Yeah. Would you
3: agree? I agree, man. And I think what, what TK said is so important because, um, it's really easy to be so focused on self, Mm. you know, when we're worshiping and getting caught up in our own heads. Mm. And, you know, I think one of the purposes of worship is to be distracted by Jesus and to not even worry and, and just be so in awe of who he is and how good he is to us and, and how worthy he is, and I think that's, you know, why um, song songwriting is so important, mm. you know. And I think um, I'm I'm always so in awe of our songwriters here because they do such a good job at helping us lose ourselves yep. in the glory of God, and um, I think you know it's the the more our songs are focused on the goodness and glory of God the less we have to think about that stuff mm-hmm. because it's always right to tell Jesus how amazing he is. Mm. Like it's always right to worship Jesus. It's always right because he's always worthy and it doesn't matter how messy we are. Cause it didn't, you know, that's why J- the, the gospel says it's like Jesus died for us while we were still dead in our sins. He was, and that's reason to worship mm. in yeah. that moment. It's like, you know, new Christians who've who've just given their lives to Jesus are, are closer to their old dead sinful self than they've ever been, and yet they have so much reckless abandon in their worship of Jesus because of how good He's been yep. to them. Yep. You know, and I think one of the things that um I know Tian, you usually say when you lead is um you know if you um, and I'm not sure, like you say it differently each time, so maybe you can correct <laughs> me. Like if um, mm. if you don't feel this or if you don't believe this, like sing it until you believe it. Mm. And maybe the person next to you needs needs you to, to declare this because mm. they can't right now. So I would love for you to actually kind of walk us through that a little bit yeah. and why that's important.
1: Sure. I think um, there's like we're talking – Corporate worship here, where yeah. you know, in it's, I think it's important to make that definition is is when we are standing shoulder to shoulder with our brothers and sisters, whether it's singing, um, or praying corporately, or giving or whatever it is, um, for for the purpose of this point, I'll, mm. I'll talk about corporate singing. Mm. Um, I think there's there's often a, a few f- functions that it serves. Um, the the most important one is to um, glorify and magnify the name of Jesus. Mm. The most important one is to do that. Um, but I think there's a reason why we um, the Bible commands us to sing together. Mm. The Bible commands the church to sing. and a, a, a hearth- I, I believe a healthy church is a singing one. Mm. Um, and I think one of those functions is to carry people who aren't experiencing the joy and, and peace of, of Jesus to a place where they are. Well, they can be because they're hearing the truth of the gospel, they're hearing, um, you know, the, the church sing truth about who he is. Mm. And so I think whilst the most important part of glory is, is the magnification and glory um, or ascribing glory to, to Jesus um, and the honor that he is rightfully due, I think that in doing that, it can realign our hearts as Josh, I think you spoke about it before. It can be used for that brother or sister who is just struggling, who is walking Mm. through something that is impossible to, um, to, to go through hearing somebody else, sing the words, you know, um, how deep the father's love for us, Mm. um, is, can often realign our heart to realize the truth. It can, can be a place where we receive revelation of who God is. Mm. Um, I don't think that's, should be the sole reason we do it. If we're coming in on empty to church every week, hoping that we when we sing a song, my heart will follow. Yeah. Um, I think we need to do more in our heart during mm. the week. But I think there is certainly um, a place for um, when when we sing, it realigning our heart to mm. to where God wants us to be. I don't think there's a better place for a, for a Christian to be or a person to be than surrendered in worship mm. um, and singing allows us to, to go to that place. Um, I think it was, I want to I say John Calvin, but I'm, I'm not sure. So please. Someone will don't, fact check. Don't, <laughs> don't, yeah. don't comment on this. <laughs> but, um, we were talking about when I was working in the church, and we, have, we had a lot of discussions about this. We were talking about why people raise their hands in worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an article written about the fact that our hands or the raising of our hands um, is often in an attempt that our heart would do the same. Mm. The action of my hands is an encouragement for my heart to have that same posture. Mm. And I think it's, in, it, it's true of singing as well. Mm. Um, sometimes when we come into the church feeling deflated or discouraged or, um, or far from Jesus, hearing somebody sing how deep the Father's love for us, how vast mm. beyond all measure, can just give me that reminder that I need. Yeah, that you know we serve an incredible God who's been Mm. unbelievably gracious and kind to us. Yeah, um, so I think that is one of the beauties of worship is that it does that. I
3: agree, and to be honest, I think one of the most amazing things about that is you can apply that to worship generally. Yeah, Mm. because um, you know that's something that we do when we're singing, but it's also such an important principle to say like. Even, even when it hurts, worship is the right answer mm. in all of life, mm. you know, and it's it's a declaration that Jesus is still good mm. when I'm worried and when I'm scared, yep. you know, and so I think if we were to apply that principle to, because, I mean, that's worshipping through song, which is really uh, a, a declaration of words, right, but we can also apply that to to money, for example. Mm-hmm. So if like, if there's a, you know, if we're in a season where it's like, man, it's really going to cost me something to trust to Jesus with my finances right now because I don't have much buffer, worshipping him with your finances is still the right answer. Yeah. Because it's a declaration that even though I don't have control right here or I feel worried, Jesus is still my provider,
0: yeah. right? And the same principle applies when I see a mate or a friend or someone in, in the community. <clears throat> Sorry. Someone in the community use their finances finances to glorify God. Mm-hmm. That spurs me on, encourages me to do the same. Yeah. And it's the same when we do corporate singing, mm-hmm. as Tian was just explaining. Yeah. And we we can yes we do that in singing where your words can spur the person next to you. Mm-hmm. But it's the same with worshiping your actions and yes. worshiping with money, right? Yeah. And so that's what we've got to remember. It's, yes, you're worshipping God and you're mm-hmm. you li- you living a life as a sacrifice to God, but in mm-hmm. doing so, you can pull your brothers and sisters up with
3: you. Yeah, mm. and it's a it's aligning, right? Like it's an act of alignment because when you are feeling really uh, – you're feeling really low, and this, this happens all the time. Like have you ever felt that um, – you don't have a much emotional capacity and life's really hard. And then a friend comes up to you and they're like, I'm really struggling right now. And you're, in your head, you're going, I don't have any emotional capacity to help you. <laughs> you know, you don't tell them that. You th- you just go, okay, I love you, you know, and t- tell me what's going on. And even though you don't have anything to give, hmm. you're, you're not acting in agreement with that. You're actually willing to sacrifice yourself in order to help this other person. Why? Because you love them because God loves them. Like that's a that's worship to Jesus when you do that, mm. right? And it's actually coming out of agreement with what's comfortable for you and going, okay, this is a sacrifice. I'm going to worship Jesus by helping this yep. person. Mm. And it's actually aligning your heart to God's heart in that moment. And that's when grace really flows because yep. it's so amazing when when you make a sacrifice – out of a sense of lack, the the provision of God shows up, and that person walks away going, "Man, you you really ministered to me." Mm. Mm. And so often we come out of that feeling better too. Yep. You know. So has there been a time in each of your lives where
0: you've sort of you've had nothing, where you felt like you've got nothing left, and you go to you go to worship God, and you just you've you've got absolutely you're on empty, but you. You still do, or or you you struggle to worship in that time. Has there been a has there been a time in any of a lot your lives where that has been the case, where you've just so like you've struggled to worship God?
3: Mm. Yes. <laughs> when <laughs> yes, a lot, a lot happens all the time, Josh. And um, I think worship. We need to remember what worship is in those moments. Worship is really being honest with. God like it's it's okay when you're really struggling to say to God I'm really not okay I'm struggling I don't have anything I don't have anything to give but I trust you like that's worship Hmm. because you're saying in that moment God I trust you because you're trustworthy what are you worshiping him in you're 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 declaring with your heart that he's trustworthy you know you don't have to say you know, Lord, you're so trustworthy. But you coming to Him and saying, "God, this sucks. I don't know what to do, and I'm pretty empty, and I'm kind of done." Um, but I trust you. Is worship, yep. even though it's not pretty, even though it's messy, it's still authentic, and it's still vulnerable and still real. But it's but it's still worship. And there have been so many moments in my life where the tension is run away from God. Don't don't go to Him. Don't talk to Him about it. But I've gone no. I, I need him. Mm-hmm. I need him right now. I think that is worship. Yeah. Yeah. I think the
0: you, you articulate that really, really well. I think the opposite is true as well. I think in my life there's been so many times where I you know, I've used worship. Or I've used my life as a bit of a um, you know, a bit of a facade where, you know, I've been doing these things, I've been serving God, maybe at youth or whatever, or I've been singing in church. And really my heart's not in it. Mm. But I do it because I know it's the right thing to do. Mm. Um and I want yeah, that I've I think back end of high school and even, you know, year 13, 14, 15 out of school, um, like that was really I think that was a, a massive thing for me where I would do the Christian things and I would do the things that looked like I was worshiping God, but in actual fact, it was just you know, I was worshiping self, because you know, I mean, because mm. I, I wanted people to, to look at me and go, "Oh, gee, he's mm-hmm. Josh, man, he's pretty godly." Oh, gee, like he's like he's leading people. Mm. Um, I think what you articulated was the opposite of that, and but it's so easy to get caught up in in that facade mm. as well, mm-hmm. in doing things so that people will look at you and go, "Man, that guy's godly," mm. but deep down, you're not even worshiping God. You're just, you know, looking like you are. Yeah. Um, I think. For young Christians, that's one of the biggest issues. For, for For people who have who have just committed their life, or for people who, um, maybe have got platform opportunities to, for one mm-hmm. of a better term, they do those things as a facade, and maybe their heart hasn't aligned to what God wants for their life. And then I say that because that was me. Mm. Um, and so I, I just want to mention that because it's really important to take stock and, and take a step back and go, okay, is what I'm doing actually worship mm. or is what I'm doing just a
3: facade mm. of worship? That's amazing, man. And I think it would be even worth us talking about if you do recognize that, how do you purify your worship and bring, mm. it, and bring it back under under Jesus, because I mean, anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I've struggled with that. And, you know, most of my ministry for so long was driven by a, a worship of success, not a worship of Jesus. Mm. And um, that's it's it's so easy to fall into that, particularly when you have public um, gifts, because you can use it to get people's approval um, out of a sense of brokenness. Yeah. And um, I think it's worth us saying, well, the only thing that actually purifies your worship of Jesus I think is worshiping him in private
2: hmm. yes. there
3: are so many people that worship Jesus in public yeah. and don't worship him in private and it's your private worship it's your life lived in the shadows in obscurity it's it's you in it's you in your room that no when nobody sees you like that's where, your relationship and your worship of Jesus is purified cuz you can't fake it. You can't fake it in in your room by yourself. Um and I think if it's kind of like an iceberg thing, you know, if if underneath the surface, the the stuff that nobody sees, you have a you have a life and a history with God, then it's likely that what's on the surface is going to be a reflection of that mm. and it's going to be purified. Yeah. But I know that in my life so often it's been the opposite of that. And I will say like the only way to to have real worship of Jesus in public, whether that's you serving on a team, serving in like youth ministry or whatever, is to cultivate private worship with Jesus. And it's when you worship him in private that you realize how worthy he is of your worship. And then that overflows into, into your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, um,
0: it, and it goes off what you're saying. It's just humble yourself, right? Yeah, humble yourself before God and and let His glory and His grace wash over you for, and understand that you are not good enough. Mm. Understand that you are not good enough by yourself. That you need God. Um, and for me, that was <clears throat> that was my journey. Um, God humbled me because my ministry sucked. There was a time where, and we've talked about this before, mm. and um. And there was a time where I needed t- to be humbled and God humbled me so that I could recalibrate my life mm. back to worship rather than just a facade of that. Mm. And so I, I want to say if you are in that right now, if you are just going through the motions and doing things because you think Christians should do that or singing because you think Christians would sing or raising your arms because you think Christian should raise their arms in worship, or mm. you know, giving because you think you should give, and you're actually giving out of your heart. You're actually not actually doing things out of your heart. I want to say, get into the Word mm. and understand where you stand mm. before God, mm. and like we, and actually listen to our podcast last week. Mm. Listen, listen to the last podcast. We we talked about how you know we we need to understand our standing before God, mm. and that then should. Drive us to worship.
3: Mm.
1: Mm. Can I just jump in there? Yes. Uh, just really tangible thing that um, one of my mentors um, um, shared with me and really encouraged me to re in this whole recalibration thing. Um, and I've never, never forgotten it. Um, and it's she encouraged me to to, to labor, um, to work hard to be affected by the cross. Mm. Um, I don't think if we really fully understand the cross and what it meant for Jesus to do that. And it, I, I think if we if we fully understand that and it doesn't affect me, then I haven't understood it. <laughs> yeah. um, and one helpful thing that I often go back to is I, I go back and read um, passages like Isaiah 53, Isaiah, um, Psalm 32. Yeah. Mm. Just read it over and over again and go, this is me that this is talking about. He stood <laughs> silently like a lamb to the slaughter for me because of my sin. If I think as until we, and I don't know that we'll ever fully. In fact, I do know we will never fully understand it no. until we are face to face with Jesus. No. But I think the more I understand the reality of what the cross means, um, the only response can be worship. Wow. Mm. Um, and I think if our if the more we realize how far we are from Jesus, and how much we need grace, the more that boasting or worshiping for for myself, you know, or, or putting on this facade, the more stupid that seems. Yeah. Um, and the more arrogant we seem in doing that. Yeah. Um, so that would be my encouragement. If yeah. this is, you know, if anyone is listening that is in that place, just labor to be affected by the cross again. Yeah. Just go back and just read it over and over again. This yeah. is, and we need to realize that it's talking about us yeah. um, because I don't think we can, if we really understand who we are, who I am, and really understand who God is and what he's done, then there's no other response other than worship. Yeah. That's so
0: good. That's so good. So Sammy, if you were to um, encourage the church as a whole, what it means to recalibrate worship, what would Mm. you say?
3: I would say, I think this is an opportunity. This moment is an opportunity because the, the public worship has been really taken from a lot of us. And, what we're left with is an awareness of where our private worship is at. And I think this is an opportunity to rediscover Jesus Mm. and rediscover that um, you can have more powerful moments of intimate worship with Jesus than you've ever had at a huge conference right Mm. now, that Jesus is the same. Even though the the world around us is completely different and it feels like there's been so much that's taken away from us. And the reality is that Jesus is still present. And as Tian said, the cross still happened and he's still worthy of praise. I think if I was to encourage anybody, I would say go home and get with Jesus and Ask him to reveal himself to you in such a way that your heart begins to overflow with praise to him about how incredible he is. Mm. And then here's what I think is going to happen. If you, as Tian said, labor at that and labor at that and pour in and pour in time into the quiet, you're going to realize how worth like how much Jesus is worth. And what's going to happen is when our public ministry comes back, I think our worship is going to be recalibrated and there's going to be authenticity that backs everything. Mm. And there's going to be, I I know it's, there are so often where it's just like, I sing a song, but I don't sing a song, you know, where it's just, you're so distracted about what you're having for lunch that you're not really singing it. Mm. I think Jesus is, I think he's fixing that in us right now. And I know that, the only thing that makes you sing a song and really sing it is actually realizing the cross, yep. realizing what he did for you. And that's when it's like, when you're singing amazing grace, you're going, that's amazing grace, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what Jesus is doing right now. He's building th- under the surface in his people, uh, an awareness of his worth. And, um, that will impact your whole life and it will impact the way that you sing and it will impact the way that you give the way that you give your time, your talent and treasure to people. And um, it only comes from seeing how good he is, yep. you know.
1: Yeah. And I think if we genuine, genuinely um, work to to understand more of who he is and we spend time investing and we labor to, to know more of who he is, then when we come to these corporate times um, of worship, then the words, his praise will just be on the tip of our tongue. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what overflow is. It's like you're f- mm. so full and you're so um, invested and you're so I- immersed in – in knowing God and understanding who he is, that these things just like fall out of your mouth. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important that we, inv- it's an investment and that's part of the sacrifice I think is, is knowing and understanding the truth of who God is. Yep.
0: yeah. So thank you so much for listening guys. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, TK. Absolutely. Just yeah. Phenomenal. Um, Discussion as to what worship is. And I really want to say thank TK for coming in mm. and, and just the godly wisdom that <clears throat> you show and that you live out daily is, is amazing. And so the message that basically what we want to say is go back to the cross. Mm. Go back to the cross. Understand who Jesus is, who you are before Jesus, and then recalibrate your hearts in that posture, in that moment. And, Lord, we just want to um, – yeah, just want to praise you right now. Just thank you so much for who you are. We want to thank you that that you came uh, and then you died in our place. And Father, we just pray that you would recalibrate our worship so that the church can know exactly what it means to be a son and a daughter of God, and that is in your loving arms because of your gracious act on the cross. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Just remember, renewal in our generation must start with a renewal of our hearts.